Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, recording on November 2nd, Thursday night here at the uh, currently under construction, under remodel Corner of the Galaxy studios. Uh, we got uh, no live shows for the next couple of weeks as I uh, attempt to redo some of the office and uh, upgrade some things that, of course, all of your wonderful shirts help me do. Uh, new lighting, some uh, some new some new background information there. Uh, so, so some good stuff we're doing here at the studio and getting, of course, geared up for 2018. Uh, don't have any co-hosts with me this week. That's fine. Just wanted to uh, go ahead and, and have a nice show where we got to talk to a couple people, and we have that certainly ready for you. Dominic Kinnear will join us a little bit later on the uh, show, LA Galaxy assistant coach and obviously the former head coach for the Houston Dynamo and San Jose Earthquakes, so that'll be fun to have him on and talk to him. We have a, a sort of a long history of having the assistant coaches on here, whether it was Dave Sarakin or Pat Noonan, so uh, it looks like... Uh, Dominic Kinnear will make his first appearance on uh, on the show tonight, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Maybe he can become a regular on the show. Yeah, from everything I've heard, he's a great guy. So we're going to talk to him about a whole bunch of stuff, and then later on in the show, we're going to be joined by uh, former. LA Galaxy general manager and president um, Alexi Lawless, also of course former player, former U.S. men's national team player, former Galaxy player, and everything else in between. But I really wanted to get Alexi's view on what's going on with the current administration in 2017. He was there in 2008. He got fired as GM and president. Um, how does that compare to 2017? And, and you know, how did it all go down? And and what are his thoughts? Obviously, looking at the LA Galaxy in 2017 and moving ahead to 2018. In terms of some LA Galaxy news, just a real couple little quick things that we have here um, in terms of what's going on. The LA Galaxy are back to training. Uh, it seems right now that some of those guys are, uh, some of the guys are training, some of the guys aren't training. The guys who are out of contract might not be training right now. Um, you know, that would be guys maybe like Ashley Cole, whose future's sort of up in the air in terms of if he's coming back to the LA Galaxy. I will tell you this, the, the LA Galaxy uh, and Siggy Schmidt look like they held exit interviews. Uh, those will go continue Wednesday to Friday. So as we're recording on Thursday, they've already had two days of exit interviews with one left on Friday, it seems. So that's a chance for uh, Siggy Schmidt to talk to each player and uh, discuss what they need to work on in terms of the offseason. I, I don't think you're going to get a whole bunch of news from any of this. I don't think Siggy Schmidt's going to come out and say, uh, yeah, you're not coming back next season. I think there's way too much stuff that's in flux right now. I think it's going to be pretty general. This is what you have to work on in the offseason. Uh, there's 91 days between the end of our season and the start of preseason, so make sure you stay in shape, blah, 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 that type of thing. It's real general stuff. I, you you know, I doubt we're going to see any uh, mind-blowing leaks that come out of this, but uh, for the most part, you know, those exit interviews look like they have been taking place and will continue through Friday. Um, and then the LA Galaxy still have another week of training, it looks like, after that. This is all CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, um, discussed beforehand. So this is all agreed to, and this is sort of how it works. And, uh, you know, certainly if you look at uh, how much time the LA Galaxy have off, it looks like it's not a, a great situation uh, in terms of playing any competitive minutes for a very long time. I will say this, uh, in case you didn't know, uh, there is only 81 days left in the offseason for the LA Galaxy. They report to camp on January 22nd um, of 2018, so that's what you're going to be looking for for the LA Galaxy uh, through this offseason. There's, of course, and we've gone over the things that are going to happen in terms of the expansion draft and the waiver draft and the 
Super Draft and the Combine and all those different things that are happening uh, MLS-wise. And, of course, as those get closer, we're going to learn more and more about the LA Galaxy team that's going to be coming in 2018. I mean, the just the expansion draft itself on January 12th will give us a great idea of who's protected, who's not protected, of course, and this will come right after the uh, MLS Cup. I think on December 7th is when MLS Cup. I'd actually have to check that. I didn't. I, it, for some reason, it's sticking in my head that that's the day it is. <clears throat> so... Very rapidly, the offseason will ramp up once once the season is completely over for everyone. Uh, just some other real quick LA Galaxy news that we were able to just sort of pay attention to a little bit. Um, if you were looking at the MLS league-wide awards, you wouldn't expect there would be too many LA Galaxy players mentioned in that. We talked to you about, of course, uh, LA Galaxy Player of the Year or MVP was was um, Ramon Alessandrini, and we talked about how Defender of the Year was Ashley Cole, and both of those were no-brainers and, you know, not a big thing there. Um, but there are league-wide awards as well. I will tell you right now, I do not get a vote on any league-wide awards, so don't ask me. Um, you know, I sometimes I'm, I'm convinced that uh, Major League Soccer doesn't even know I exist over here, but that's okay. I don't know that I would want the burden of having to vote in some of those things. Um, that means having to watch other teams, and I tend to focus mostly on the LA Galaxy. But uh, two players were sort of, one already got named as a finalist for an award. We'll talk about that. But one guy who was who was left off of the, uh, the list, the Newcomer of the Year finalist, this award uh, for the newcomer is defined as a player with a previous professional experience who made his MLS debut in 2017. Roman Alessandrini could have possibly been one of those guys. He was... Was, uh, I think, in the voting pool in order to do that, um, but he did not make the final three. Uh, Miguel Almoron, uh, Joseph Martinez from Atlanta United, and uh, Nikolic from the Chicago Fire are your three finalists. Uh, Nikolic probably wins that award, but we'll see how that goes. But one LA Galaxy player did end up getting named in one of the MLS end-of-the-year awards. It's the MLS Fair Play uh, Award, and uh, this is an, goes to an individual selected by MLS based on objective criteria, such as fouls committed, cards received, uh, games and minutes played, as well as subjective evaluation of sportsman-like behavior. So the final three uh, finalists are Demarcus Beasley from the Houston Dynamo, uh, it's Heika from the San Jose Earthquakes, Hamir Heika from the from the San Jose Earthquakes, and Dave Romney, uh, LA Galaxy. So we'll see if, uh, m- like I said, most of this is kind of objective in terms of how many points, um, but if it's subjective, I think we all agree DeMarcus Beasley probably wins that award because DeMarcus seems like he's one of the nicer guys. Uh, but, uh, you know, hey, Dave Romney could, could sweep in and win this. There's a good spoof video up on the LA Galaxy website if you want to pay attention to that. It's kind of funny. So let's see if Dave Romney can come back with that award and make it all worth it for the LA Galaxy in 2017. And now it's time to get to our first guest. He was named to the LA Galaxy's coaching staff in late August of this year. He's a former head coach of the San Jose Earthquakes and the Houston Dynamo and is the third all-time winningest coach in MLS history. Please welcome to the show for the very first time, LA Galaxy assistant coach Dominic Kinnear. Dom, thanks for stopping by. I really appreciate it. No problems. Thank you very much, and uh, happy to be on the show. Yeah, it, we we have a long uh, a long history. I guess not a long history of having assistant coaches on this podcast, just because uh, usually the 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 uh, the senior team coaches are are usually so busy busy they usually designate somebody. So I guess uh, for right now you get to be that guy for a little while. So uh, we're glad that you're on here. Um, you know, my first question is. What made you to decide to come to the LA Galaxy and join Siggy Schmidt? Obviously, you have a long history of being a, a head coach, as I said, with San Jose and uh, and the Houston Dynamo. Um, you know what was what was the draw here in in Los Angeles for you? Well, well, the first one was I wasn't working. That's the easy one. <laughs> um, you know, being let go from San Jose in, in late June 
uh, came as a, a bit of a surprise, not a shock to me, because I had a feeling the GM was going to go in a different direction sometime sooner or later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I was just kind of sitting around knowing I wanted to get back on the field, I wanted to get back to work, and I wanted to stay at MLS. So, you know, Ziggy and I had some conversations uh, before I came. <clears throat> one of my conversations was, or one of my things I said was, you know, it's not many people I've worked for being assistant to because I still feel I have qualities to be a head coach in this league. Uh, and saying that, one of those guys was Ziggy. Right. He and I go back quite a long ways. I've known him for, you know, his days when he was coaching at UCLA. And then we had a relationship when uh, we were both involved in the national team in the early 90s. And then I've always enjoyed his company when our teams have played against each other. So uh, I've always respected the work he's done. I think he's a fine coach and a good man. Um, so when the opportunity came up, um, it took a lot of think- a lot of thought uh, because, you know, going over the years, the Galaxy was always one of the teams that was a public enemy number one for me right? Uh, for many reasons. But uh, the, the draw of the club and working with Ziggy and being involved with, with AEG, uh, a lot of good people. Chris Klein, Dan Beckerman, Felanchus, Pete Hannes. So for me, the draw of, of working, again, was good. But uh, working with the people that were involved with the team was was a deciding factor for me. In your mind, what do you think that, that you and Siggy you know, bring together? What makes it a good partnership in your mind? Well, first things first, um, you know, I work for Ziggy. You know, I am the assistant coach, and yes, I've you know, been around as a head coach. But as said to Ziggy, said, look, I'm here to help you, and I'm not here to do anything but do that. Um, you know, the one thing Ziggy lets me do is I think he respects me as a coach and he lets me coach the players and talk to the players. Um, you know, he understands that, uh, you know, I've coached against many guys and, and maybe see some things that other people may not have seen. Um, we work well together. I enjoy his company. I think he's, uh, he's, people may not know this, but he's actually a pretty funny guy. <laughs> um, and I do enjoy being around him. Uh, but the thing of, of getting back on the field and I've learned some things from him on and off the field, which I think is, is refreshing. Um, and I do think we, we create uh, a pretty good, you know, uh, partnership, if you like, where, you know, he will let me sometimes be the voice when he doesn't want to be. And I think sometimes head coaches need that. Right. Yeah, I mean, you, you guys follow up another famous duo, obviously, of Bruce Arena and Dave Sarakin, um, two former two two head coaches, again, sort of uh, a coaching in, in a, a coach and assistant coach sort of way. Is there is there something about the L.A. Galaxy that makes this more palatable to some people or it, it just seems strange to have uh, almost back to back um, former head coaches become assistant head assistant coach to a head coach and and have that relationship? You, you don't see it too much across the league. No, you don't. And I think when when you think about it, you look at the head coaches that are in charge, you know, Bruce and Ziggy, you know, they're two of the most successful guys in MLS. And when you look at even NCAA, there are two guys in NCAA who have great resumes as well. So I think, you know, when people uh, are looking for someone to work with, uh, they want to be with someone who's successful and someone they think they can learn from. And I'm sure Dave would tell you the same thing about Bruce. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm telling you about Ziggy, you know, and I think the size of the club, it is a huge club. And although the season didn't go uh, the way anybody wanted it to go, um, you know, and I've been around the league a little bit, and when you walk in the doors, it is the galaxy. Uh, the facilities and the resources there are are better than most clubs around MLS, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the chance to work not only with the people, but the club and what the, what the club can offer you as a coach and as a player is something very impressive. You know, I, I know you already touched <laughs> on this, but I wanted to go back to it. You, you've coached against the Galaxy a lot over the years uh, in some big games, and uh, they didn't always go your way, as you said. Uh, public enemy number one sometimes. Uh, what you know, Does it feel different being on the bench now, under that Galaxy crest, on that side of the bench? Absolutely. I'm not going to lie. Uh, if you want honest answers, that's the way I'll have to answer it. You know, so the first time I tried on the shirt uh, before practice, it definitely felt weird. I was giggling to myself 
all practice as I was looking down. Uh, the moment it truly hit me, though, that I was working for the Galaxy was after the first home game that I was involved in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we beat the Colorado Rapids 3-0, and my two daughters came down for the game. Uh, before the game, and, and one seventeen, one fourteen. before the game, I got them Galaxy jerseys uh, to wear during the game because when their dad's working for a team, they're 100% all in, and they, they want to you know, do as much as they can for, for the team that I'm working for. Right. So after the game, everybody was happy with the victory, and I walked out of the parking area, um, and I saw them with the jerseys on, and that's when it truly hit me that, yes, I was working for the Galaxy because here's my two daughters uh, wearing Galaxy jerseys, one home, one away. It was truly a reminder to me that, yes, my life has completely changed with, with the people I'm working for. Right. So definitely different. Uh, but after a week, all that stuff kind of rubs off, and, and you know, the uh, the crest, which is the one I'm working for, is is the one that I'm that I'm uh, honorable to right now. Yeah, that's I, I have to imagine it's it's strange, strange surroundings and and all that other stuff. But like you said, you, you get settled in. Uh, I have to ask you: are there are there still aspirations in your mind to become a head coach to another MLS team or or a team somewhere else in the future, or have you have you written that off for the time being? No, I haven't written it off. But you know, for me. Um, you know, when I talked to Ziggy and when, when I'm talking to Chris Klein and when I signed on, I came out as an assistant coach and I promised them uh, that I would give them everything I, w- I would when I'm, when I'm working there. So that is my primary focus. I, I've had that as a coach no matter where I've gone mm-hmm. because, you know, you're, you're doing a job for, for someone you're working for. And I think if, you're, if your concentration is kind of going somewhere else, I don't think you've given 100%. And I think by them being good enough to me to offer me a job and giving them 100%, I have to do that in turn. So if something were to come up, um, if, if my name came up, yeah, yeah, obviously it's something that I would uh, I would entertain. But I'm not out there looking for a job. My job right now is to help Ziggy make the Galaxy be the best team. All right, uh, you, you touched again on this just a, a little bit earlier, but you came into this project when uh, the ship was already on its way to sinking here in late August. So you guys didn't have a whole bunch of time to turn things around. Uh, how did you evaluate this LA Galaxy team, the 2017, over the over the remainder of the year that you were here? Well, I thought the injuries really played a part in what was going on. I, I think it was throughout the whole season. I mean, to lose a player like Sebastian Legette for such a long period of time, mm-hmm. um, because one, he's a good player. He makes your practice better. He makes your 11 better, and he makes your 18 better. Um, he, he's worth a good amount of points, and I think that's a terrible one. That when I came on board, obviously Daniel Starris gets hurt, I think a couple of games in. <clears throat> I thought Daniel was having a very good season uh, up until then. Um, so it, it's really hard to, to give a full evaluation of what was going on. I do think looking at the roster, I think the team was punching below its weight, mm-hmm. but in the end, when you look at it, sometimes a team deserves to be where it deserves to be. Uh, I think the one thing that we, we had did a poor thing, uh, of, of working with the, not working with the team, but the team was, we would give up goals in bunches in short periods of time. Right. And it happened quite a lot. Um, and that's the one thing that we consistently talked to them about was, you know, mistakes will happen. Make sure the concentration levels remain high at all times. And I think at times this year, you know, it happened in the last game against Dallas, it happened against Toronto. We give up a goal and our guard be let down where we give up another. And that's something that definitely needs to improve next year. Well, as you look ahead to next year, Siggy has obviously signaled already that there are going to be a lot of changes. Uh, in, in your mind, what makes a good team? What do you need to see from this 2018 LA Galaxy team? Um, you know, and what are the characteristics, you know, in your experience as a, as a head coach and, and being involved throughout the league, even as a player, what are some of the things that make a good team that maybe perhaps this LA Gal- this 2017 team was missing? Oh, wow. I mean, it's, it's hard to judge because, like I said, I was only there for, I think, for 10 games. Mm-hmm. So it, it's hard to completely judge. And like I said, when you're missing some of the quality players that you've had uh, throughout the year, it's hard to get a full evaluation of what went on. I mean, you have to remember at one time, 
early in the season, I think they had won like four games in a row on the road, and everyone was really, you know, singing the praises of the squad and and the job they were doing. Obviously, at the end of the year, there was not a whole lot of singing of praises. I think we all know the reasons why. Um, I think first and foremost, and any coach would tell you, in MLS, you need a healthy squad. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we know, you know, you can't compete on a, you know, on a full calendar year with, with players that are kind of in and out. It just creates too much inconsistency in trainings and it creates inconsistency, inconsistency in games. You know, I think the one thing that you look, you look around and I think a good amount of leadership, uh, a consistent leadership, not just game by game or practice by practice, but every day, you know, I think a lot of guys this year, a lot of young players have gained some valuable time, you know, someone like Dave Romney and someone like, you know, Bradford Jamerson have gained some valuable time. I think it should give them a little bit more responsibility heading into the next year. So I think a good amount of, you know, health, and a good amount of leadership, it, it carries teams uh, very, very far, even when things are down. If there's a strong belief in the players and, and in each other, you know, good things can happen, definitely. Well, I've, I've heard a lot of great things about your coaching style from a lot of those close to the team. Um, you know, the first thing I say, you know, what do you think about Dominic Kinnear? And they're like, you know, love him, love him around the team. Everybody seems to really like you. What is your coaching style, and why do people like you so much? I don't know. I <laughs> couldn't answer the second one, that's for sure. <laughs> You know, I, I will say, give it a dose of reality and being let go uh, by San Jose in late June. And, and like I said, I was out for about two months out of the game. Right. So getting back on the field was very refreshing. And I had, uh, I, I think, if anybody will say anything, they say, what's the one thing about my, my training styles? And I, was, I think I bring a good amount of energy and positive energy to each practice. Uh, my demands are very high from all the players when they're, when they're doing any type of exercise, whether it's finishing to goal or working on defensive shape, I think you should always try and bring the right amount of energy. So if I'm out there and I'm being very dull and very bland, all I can expect from the players, I think is much of the same. So for me, I try to be prepared. I try and get the players going as, as quick as possible into the exercise, try and give them the correct information. And then once it's on, I expect a lot from the guys when, when the ball's rolling. So, you know? so yeah. as far as, as far as if they like me, I mean, you have to ask him for that reason. I couldn't tell you the reasons why. You know, I'm just I'm out there trying to do a job, and like I said, being out in the field again for me, I was really enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's a lot like this podcast. You got to bring the energy, and and right now you're bringing it, so I can already see what they're talking about, and and that makes a lot of sense. Um, let's see, let's go. the The off season is tough. All right, you have guys who who still have to train, but there are players whose futures are up in the air. So as a coach, is there a lot of trust towards the players in the off season? And this off season, by the way, for the LA Galaxy is roughly 91 days long until the report back to uh, preseason camp oh, wow. on January 22nd. Is is that too long? Is Major League Soccer need to do something about that? Well, it's just the way the playoffs are set up. If you think about a team who's making the final, um, you know, they're starting the first week of March and they're ending the, the first week of December. So they, they may complain that the season's too long. Right. Um, I think if you don't make the playoffs, yes, the off season is way too long, but obviously there's rules and the players have a union. You have to buy by those rules. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a thing that we have no control over. And rightly so, the players do put in a lot of work and they do need their time off. And saying that, I think three months is a long time to, to be away from the game, you know? So it's up for us as coaches and as staff, the fitness staff to make sure these guys follow programs. So when they do get together in January, we come in not only in, uh, you know, in healthy shape, but in, in game playing shape, because you want the preseason to be about playing games and learning from mistakes from those and those exercises. So, uh, you know, for now, the guys are training, they're training very hard. Uh, you know, there's, yes, there's some players that are out of contact. There's some stuff up in the air. That is a little bit out of my uh, area. So right. There's nothing for me to comment on. I can only comment on the guys that are there. Um, and I think you've someone like Michael Ciani, who came in late in the season, 
these two weeks of training, I think are very important for him because it gets him a little bit closer to his fitness. Cause I think he came in a little bit out of shape right? and he gets a little more comfortable around with the guys, not only with the guys, but the training staff and the coaches. So um, there's all kinds of aspects to it. You want guys heading to, in, off into the off season in good shape and setting a kind of a base and then obviously giving them programs to follow. So when they come back in, it's almost like they never left, which we know is not the case because it is way too long. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, my final question before we let you go here is uh, what direction do you see this league going? Is it skewing longer? Is, is it skewing younger or did the, the galaxy have to react to maybe, you know, looking at different ways of doing things than they have in the past or does spending money? Like if you look at Toronto FC does spending the most amount of money <laughs> still get you really far in this league right now. Well, spending, spending a lot of money on the right players gets you very far. Yeah. I mean, I think if you were to offer Giovinco up to any team around the league, I think they would spend money to get him. So, you know, congratulations to Toronto for spending the money on the right players. Um, but y'all, there are also bargains out there. And I don't know exactly what Victor Vasquez's money's on, but I think he may fall into that TAM category. So it just goes to show you, yeah, there's some wonderful players out there that don't have to necessarily be your DP and your big players. So it's important for us this offseason. Uh, and we have sat down already many times to see what we need and then try to identify players and then go after those players and see if we can meet the, meet their requirements. They meet our requirements and we can add to the team for next year. You know, I, I think you look at it, you know, we have all kinds of opportunities in MLS. You have the NCAA draft, you have re-entry draft one and two, uh, to add to the squad with, with, uh, with some quality players, but obviously outside of the country is going to be important for us as well. And, and I think we have the right people in place to go out there and get some good players to make sure the season that we had last year is just going to be talk around the bar and uh, followed up by good talk around the bar, hopefully. Yeah, it, it should be uh, should be interesting season coming up in 2018. Galaxy report to preseason on January 22nd. Not that anybody is counting down the days yet or anything like that. Dom, uh, we, we appreciate you stopping by. Hopefully it won't be the last time uh, you, you stop by the podcast. And uh, we wish you all the luck in the offseason. And I look forward to talking to you here as 2018 gets kicked off. So thanks for stopping in. Thank you very much for my maiden voyage. I completely enjoyed it, and uh, I'd like to be on again. So anytime you want me on, please let me know. All right, thanks. There goes uh, LA Galaxy assistant coach Dominic Kinnear. Uh, whenever I come back, I will be joined by Alexi Lawless. We have a lot more to still to talk about. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Josh Gessman here with you once again. Just had uh, LA Galaxy assistant coach Dominic Kinnear on the show, and now we are joined by another uh, icon, a legend of the league. Uh, he's a Fox Sports analyst, and for the purposes of this show, a former player, former president, and former general manager of the LA Galaxy. Welcome back to the show, uh, a good friend of the show, Mr. Alexi Lawless. Alexi, thanks for stopping by, buddy. It's my pleasure. How are we doing? Interesting times, huh? Interesting times in Galaxy Land. I was going to say, there's, there's never a dull moment, even in the offseason. It doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. So uh, I was going to say, working for, uh, for Fox here, I'm sure you got to see your fair share of Galaxy games this year. I just want to know, just off the top of your head, uh, what you thought of this year's LA Galaxy. Uh, apart from Alessandrini, it was... Uh, what's below dismal uh, because that's that's what it was. I mean, he was the only bright light. And yes, there were injuries and yes, there are this and that you can blame it on. But the reality is that um, when Bruce Arena left, uh, at least in this instance, it was some pretty good timing. Uh, you can argue whether the cupboard was bare or how bare it was. 
but uh, certainly from a, a galaxy perspective, from the outside looking in, uh, it seemed to me that they wanted to go in a different direction. That direction from a results standpoint certainly didn't play out the way that they wanted, and it resulted in not just a, a bad season, but a historically bad season. And whether it's whether it's me or anybody else in charge of the galaxy, you can't, you can't have that happen because the galaxy has built its brand on being successful, on being interesting, on spending money. And to have that type of, uh, uh, of return on uh, both investment, both in terms of the money and in terms of the vision, that's, that's not good. And I'm not telling those guys anything that they don't know either on or off the field and they got to work to fix it because as, as you know, better than anybody, uh, it's not just about an off season. It's an off season with a big old shadow coming in uh, and looming large is LAFC. So hopefully that ignites something even more to go and do the things that need to be done in order to fix it. And I'm sure whether it's Ziggy or anybody else, uh, they are motivated to do it in normal circumstances, but these are not normal circumstances. So it's going to be fun from an outside perspective to see it all play out. Yeah, it is. It's always interesting. Maybe like a car crash on the freeway. You're not supposed to look. You're not supposed to slow down, but you're going to look. You're going to slow down. So that's what 2017 was. Now 2018, uh, you know, maybe a little more hope. Maybe there's uh, more more rudder to this uh, guideless ship that was the 2017 season. But the reason I had you on, and not to open up old wounds, but uh, I wanted you to take me back to 2008. Uh, you are the general manager and president of the LA Galaxy at the time. Uh, Rude Hullet is the is the coach for the LA Galaxy. Uh, the team is quickly on its way to an eight thirteen and nine record. Uh, you you and and Hullet didn't survive the whole season there. Um, but what do you remember about that team before you were let go? Was it a functional dysfunctional team, and and what was the main instability <laughs> there? It was a, a, a dysfunctional situation that uh, I had certainly a hand in creating and I take responsibility for in that uh, it was a moment of, uh, of transition, if you will, uh, uh, you know, incorporating David Beckham into that, um, that environment, uh, even in the best of circumstances, was going to be difficult and uh, both the the play on the field and the way that that team ultimately shaped up was not good enough, as is evident by the results. And I, I don't I look like obviously I don't take any pride in it. I right. take responsibility for it. And ultimately, there was collateral damage in terms of integrating the hurricane that is David Beckham. And I'm not I'm not blaming the whole thing of David Beckham, but the reality is that it changed everything that we did in terms of how we approached on and off the field. And Bruce came in after and was, was very good at recognizing the problems that existed and correcting those. And then also making sure that from a, 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 a talent perspective, he went out and he surrounded the core of talent that was there mm -hmm. with some very, very good players. And the rest is history as they say, but certainly some, some dark times. And you know, the, you, you mentioned the galaxy, as many people hate the galaxy as love the galaxy. And that's right. where that whole super club concept came. That's why I harp on that. And it is, it is a good thing to have, but when things aren't going well, you're going to have a lot of people 
that love to pile on and you're just going to have to take it and you're going to figure out how, how to fix it. And when it gets better, um, just as many people are still going to hate you, but that's, that's part of the gig when you're with the galaxy. And I think everybody there understands that. Well, uh, and, and I have a whole point to this. I'm not just, I didn't just bring you on to, to, to drive you through the mud again, but it, it, how does it all end for you and, and for Hulit here? Does, does AEG come to you? Was it Tim Laiwiki at the time? And you, yeah. they, they say, they say, this is it. No more. We can't have this. And, and it's over with. Yeah, I mean, I got that uh, that traditional proverbial call on a Friday, <laughs> and you know, you you know it because you hear rumblings, and and obviously when things aren't going well. And look, I was uh, I was in charge of the product on the field and monetizing that product off the field. Right. I got half of that right in terms of us making a tremendous amount of money, and I'm incredibly proud of the business that we did. Right. But the fact is, I only got half of it right. Mm -hmm. And going forward, there needed to be changes, and for whatever reasons, and whoever had their hands in it, it really doesn't matter to me. Ultimately, I got that call. I drove down to Tim's office downtown. Uh, we had that sit down, and uh, just like anybody else that gets fired, it's not a happy time, but uh, I tried to do it with as much uh, class and maturity as I could. And, and certainly Tim did well, you know, I still, I still talk about Tim and I still have a tremendous amount of respect uh, for him. And we still talk, uh, even though he fired me and they went on to bigger and better things. And ultimately if I take myself out of the equation, which I know at times is difficult, I'm glad that in a certain sense, the changes were made. It certainly sent me in a different direction right. uh, that I might not have had that not had happened. So, you know, one door closes, another one opens. And sometimes it, it, it is for the best, but it was not a fun time to be, uh, you know, to, 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 to like anybody. It's not a fun thing to get fired. And, uh, you know, it happened on a Friday afternoon and uh, I drove home and, Told my wife, and you know, off we go, and, and, and everything changes from there. No, it, it's just it's interesting, and the reason again that I bring it all up is that you look at the 2017 LA Galaxy. Now, technically, uh, 2008 was before the 2017 season, the worst statistical season in the history of the LA Galaxy in, in the franchise history. And you look at the talent that you had on the field with Landon Donovan, Edson Buttle, David Beckham, Alan Gordon, Chris Klein, Pete Vianis, Eddie Lewis, Carlos Ruiz was on that team for a while. Uh, Sean Franklin, even Mike Munoz, LA Galaxy two coach uh, there now. Uh, Josh. Saunders was on this team. There were a bunch of really good players on this team. It has been, uh, it has been, you know, sort of one of the things that I, I've thought about is that the 2008 team would kick the 2017s, but uh, in terms of how, <laughs> of uh, in terms of just the sheer talent that was on the field, and, and now you look at the 2017. Yeah, team. well, it's a low. I mean, it's a low bar. It's and to be <laughs> fair, I mean, not to be fair. I mean, I'm not. Look, I'm not we're trying to pump myself up. I mean, I think. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Those 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 years when we weren't making the playoffs, it was right at the end where we weren't making the playoffs. So we certainly weren't finishing in the at the very uh, at the very bottom of what was going on. It was a very it was a very different league. But for the Galaxy, it's not it's not a feat to it's not anything we should congratulate right. ourselves on when we make the playoffs. That's not what the Galaxy is about. And so it wasn't it wasn't good enough on the field. Uh, the business was fine off of it, and I'm proud of the men and women that worked so hard and that, that I worked with it, that did that, but it wasn't good enough on the field. When I look at this situation right now, though, um, I, I'm really interested in the, the, the structure, the organiza organizational structure that exists, because I don't know how, uh, how it's being done right now. Who, who reports to whom? Who has the responsibility? How the whole power is uh, is is allocated? I know you know Chris Klein's been there a long time, and right. he he kind of has positioned himself above the fray, which is incredibly intelligent and smart. I got a lot of respect for what Chris is 
Chris has done. And then you got Pete, Pete Mayanas, who uh, at one point, you know, was this position. And now, uh, at least from an outwards perspective, looks like he's been demoted in terms of his responsibility and now back to this vice president. So I, I'd be really interested to ask everybody there how that org chart looks and how the responsibility and power uh, is divided between everybody that they have now with now Ziggy evidently re- being responsible for, for personnel. And that's, that's something that needs to be sorted out. It's something that, you know, we, we, we had, we had problems with when, when I was there, but that's something that needs to be sorted out in any type of business to understand who, uh, uh, who, re- who, who reports to whom right. and have that type of accountability and understanding. Do you, do you, but do you think, and, and it's my main criticism, and it has been ever since, you know, we sort of saw the lateral move for, for Pete um, going away from the general manager, but in my mind still having, as the VP of soccer operations, probably most of the paperwork that the general manager has to do, and Siggy gets to pick up the player personnel side of that. And so really, you know, a sideways move, maybe maybe a little bit of a demotion because he doesn't have the GM title. Are, are the LA Galaxy taking the accountability? When you got fired... When, when Hula got fired, there was mm-hmm. a clear change. There was a, this isn't working, we need to go in another direction. This doesn't seem like that. Granted, you bring Siggy Schmidt in, I understand, but for me, the coaching was never the issue with this particular team. It had more had to do with injuries and construction of the team. So you still have most of the guys who made a lot of the decisions, even when Bruce Arena was there, you still have some of the guys who, mm-hmm. who made some, maybe I would say, actually, I'm not going to couch it, they made some poor decisions leading into the 2015-2016 season, and now going into 2017, they, they, they wrecked the boat, so to speak. So have they done enough to to even come close to winning back any sort of trust, have they corrected the problems? I, you know, I don't know. And I, I, I do think that, that Ziggy, given an offseason, is going to move heaven and earth to make sure that he fixes it. Mm-hmm. Ha- having said that, I mean, it, it didn't change at all when Ziggy came in. As a matter of fact, it got worse. Right. Uh, if you look at the actual record, and if I'm Kurt Anopo sitting back, I'm going, well, wait a second, I got fired and this, is, this was the change that was made. Because this wasn't a last-minute change. This was with plenty of time to do some different things, and it just didn't materialize. And once again, all of those excuses we can, uh, we can talk about. So really when you look at it, the, the only head that rolled, and when I say rolled, I mean it, 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 it didn't roll very far, is Peter Vianas uh, getting the – at least publicly, the player personnel out of his hands now. So I don't. Once again, I don't know who's doing what right. and how much has actually changed when it comes to those responsibilities. But you know, as, as, as well as I do, that at some point somebody needed to publicly uh, fall on the sword and somebody <laughs> needed to take a hit. And the way I look at it from the outside, it looks like Pete did. But I would tell Peter, I'd tell anybody, um, it, it's it's much better to be demoted than to be fired. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was going to say, so, uh, as far as that's concerned, I don't know. I don't know what, what necessarily has changed. You probably have a better idea than I do. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's one of those things. I, I think that if you're looking at the construction of the team and how it was put together and the architects of that particular construction, um, you know, it, it's Vianus and it's, it's, um, and it's Karofsky. And so if both of those guys are still there, granted, I don't think either one of them lost their parking spots. If they move sideways and they didn't have to sign up for Cobra, they didn't lose their health care. So, I mean, you know, for the most so, part, so hold on, hold on, hold on. Let yeah. me ask you a question. Yeah. What is Chris Klein's responsibility? Oh, th- see, this is a great, that's a great question. What, Chris Klein should be the overreaching guy who has to answer for everything. That's what you were whenever you were president, right? The buck had to stop with you. That's, a, that's exactly, yeah. So, you know, so, I, look, I, I, I talked I talk to Chris, and I, and I got a lot of respect for what he's done, and certainly he has presided over a period of incredible success in terms of what the galaxy is. 
but you know that's why that's why I say it's it's really interesting. I I don't know in this moment of let's let's call it whatever accountability or right. or whatever we want to call it what what falls under Chris Klein and what doesn't fall under Chris uh, Chris Klein. I don't I don't. I don't know. You, you, you may have a better idea. <laughs> I mean, at the end of all this, if I told you that Pete Viennis got fired and that Chris Klein got fired, would you have been surprised? Um, no, because I think that I think that Chris Klein uh, is viewed on favorably by AEG. And, and keep in mind that it's not just the Galaxy, it's AEG. Right. Uh, as I think uh, Peter Viennis is. And, and for full disclosure, I, I know both of those guys. Right. As, you, as you mentioned, I... Uh, uh, I played with them. I brought Chris Klein to the Galaxy, so uh, there there is a personal connection to both of those guys. And I think in different ways they have they have been incredible servants to uh, to the Galaxy. But uh, it is from an outside perspective when I'm doing my job, I'm always interested, especially as you know, this whole change of technical director and sporting director and, <laughs> and all the different titles that have come into vogue, right. it, it tends to muddle and murky everything and make everything really murky as to who's doing what. And that, that sometimes that's by design. So you can't really pinpoint anybody down and say, well, you screwed this up, therefore you're responsible. And that's, that's sometimes very, very smart and clever in the way that it's done. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, do, you, uh, do you have some positive feelings towards the LA Galaxy in 2018? I, I think overall the, the, we agree that the move with Siggy Schmidt is going to turn out to be more positive just because of who Siggy is and, you know, and, and the dedication and the knowledge that he has in there to, paired with Dominic Kinnear, obviously, who was just on the show. Um, those two have it, should have it pointed in a better direction, but whether or not they can just recover in a single year, I mean, there's still some tr- struggles here for 2018. Don't you see it? Uh, Crimea River. Uh, this is the Los Angeles Galaxy, okay? In a league that is notorious for the ability to prop up teams that don't do well, even to, to, to the criticism of many out there. Right. Uh, this is not a, a small market little team that has to go out in the, in the offseason and change everything. This is the Los Angeles Galaxy, and that in itself makes it very, very attractive for people to come in. Uh, and, and everybody that, that talks about MLS, it's always, if I want to go to New York, I want to go to, uh, I want to go to LA. So they will have at their disposal a, uh, I know this is, this is uh, sacrilege in, in MLS, a, a, a potential competitive advantage because of the Los Angeles Galaxy. Now, Ziggy Schmidt has to figure that out. Right. Ziggy Schmidt has to have help. Once again, I don't know how much more or less Ziggy Schmidt is now going to actually be doing in, in, in rel- relative to what he has been doing over the last six months. But I do know uh, that Ziggy Schmidt, more than anybody, uh, is going to feel uh, not not embarrassed, but it will it will irk him the way that this went down these last uh, these last six months, and he will be doing everything, especially knowing that someone like Bob Bradley is leading LAFC, and and I think he'll do the ultimately. I think he just has to concentrate on making sure that this team is healthy and that is competitive on, on a consistent basis, yeah. which they weren't this year, and. Uh, and it showed. And you're going to get a, a new player, if you will, in Sebastian Legette when he comes back, which is which is going to be good. Jassy Zardes is a shell of his former self. I'd trade Jassy. I'd look to trade him for a couple of potential uh, players. Now, when I say trade Jassy, then people are going to say, "Well, look at your record. Look what you did." <laughs> so that's the kiss of death. So definitely don't do that. But I would look at you got to you got to find some assets that you have 
that are uh, something that other people would like. And I think a guy like Jassy's artist might benefit from a change of scenery and be one of those win-win type of situations where you can get a couple of solid, consistent MLS starters in for a guy like Jassy's artist. Yeah, not a, not completely out of the question. We said on the podcast, the LA Galaxy may have had talks during the summer of moving Jassy's artist. So uh, it wouldn't be a complete surprise to anybody right now if that, uh, if that particularly happened. All right, uh, Alexi, where can we find you uh, this weekend? You doing a weekend game? Yes, uh, well, uh, as we are uh, recording this right now, we're getting ready for uh, the Thursday night Seattle game. For those of you that are, that are listening, they may or may not uh, know what the score is after it happens. But I'll be up in Portland this weekend for the return leg of Portland-Houston. Let's hope that it's uh, um, better than the, uh, the first leg down in Houston in terms of excitement. So uh, Portland's always a fun game, and I'll be really interested to see how that shapes out and, and, and all the different matchups right now. It's, it's a really... Uh, strange and interesting type of postseason that we have right now. It, it certainly seems that way. All right, if you want to follow Alexi on Twitter, at Alexi Lawless, like you didn't already do that. And, of course, uh, go uh, watch him on uh, Fox Sports this weekend doing that Houston-Portland uh, game. Should be a lot of uh, interesting. It'll be, it has to be better than the first leg. There's no possible way it could be more boring than that first <laughs> leg. So I'll, I'll say well, it right keep now. Keep your heads up, Galaxy Nation. It's going to be okay. Onward and upwards. All right, Alexi, thanks for stopping by, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, there goes Alexi Lawless uh, joining us here on Corner of the Galaxy. Uh, We have uh, just a couple more things to cover before we get out of here, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right, one last thing here on uh, on Corner of the Galaxy. Just wanted to uh, to once again thank Dominic Neer and Alexi Lawless for coming on. Two great guys um, who really have a lot of knowledge to share uh, about the LA Galaxy, uh, both past and present and future and everything else in between. I think uh, Dominic is a great addition to the LA Galaxy coaching staff, and hopefully we can make that a regular thing here on the show to, to talk to Dominic Kinnear. I know uh, a lot of times the head coaches get a little tied down with uh, with doing some things, so sometimes the assistant coaches like Dave Sarakin or like Pat Noonan, having them on uh, was always great. So, uh, you know, Dom seems like a uh, another great addition to that list of assistant coaches who can give us some insight into the team um, from, uh, from week to week, uh, month to month, that type of thing. So uh, that was great and of course Alexi Lawless coming on was uh, was always interesting always fun I wanted that perspective looking back at 2008 um, and how that compares to 2017 and of course you can connect the dots between all of that stuff it, it's just it, it's fascinating what's going on with the LA Galaxy if it wasn't obviously so painful as, as I think Alexi and I alluded to um, in that interview so uh, that's that's really it for us uh, as far as show schedule everything should stay relatively the same uh, we do have a Monday night show and with no World Series uh, sorry Dodger fans uh, Kevin Baxter should be back on Monday nights we may even be able to do um, a corner of the galaxy live of course not until the studio gets finished so we're still working on that but Monday night we should have another podcast with Kevin Baxter and then the following Thursday don't know if we'll be able to go live yet maybe we will maybe we won't we'll see if we can squeeze it in uh, all depends on how the studio is doing and how long it takes me to paint this thing and get stuff hung up and and do a whole bunch of things that I've been really uh, waiting to do and it's it's a lot of fun uh, here in the studio and then uh, maybe I'll have an open house for everybody and you guys can come by and see the studio um, and I may have some other ways for you guys to participate in that because uh, I'd love to do that that would be great especially in the off season still have some off season events we're working on so as soon as I have information we're going to do it we'll send it out to you and uh, anybody who's on the email list if you uh, if you want to go to cornerofthegalaxy.com uh, and you go on the contact us button there is an email list sign up there you can sign up if you want to be on the email list I will certainly email 
email out details about the meetup whenever we have decided on those. All right. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Again, thank you to Dominic Kinnear and the LA Galaxy uh, for allowing him to come on the show. Um, thanks to Chris Glidden over at the PR department for, for making that happen and connecting us up. That was uh, was really interesting. And of course, Alexi Lawless, always great to have him on. I know I know you guys can't stand him sometimes, um, but he, I enjoy talking to him every single time. And he's got some real insight into uh, some of the things that went down in 2008, which I thought was very uh, interesting in sort of a comparable way to 2017. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. So thanks to both those guys and for everybody who made that possible. All right, that does it for me. Uh, obviously, if you're looking for me on Twitter, at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and at Galaxy Podcast. Uh, those places are uh, on Twitter, and cornerofthegalaxy.com is where you can find me. So head on over there as well. All of our articles, any of the off-season news that we can drum up, we will, of course, share with you right there. All right. For those wonderful men who came before me, Dominic Kinnear and Alexi Lawless, I'm Josh Gessman, and you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.